Hi guys and welcome back to Otscare. Welcome back to Otcare, and today I'm your host, Tengjing, and Tomun. Yay! So um, today we have a special guest with us today, and her name is Rebecca. She is a G30 student. And hi, Rebecca. Hello. Yeah. How's it? How's it going? How's life going? <laughs> It's pretty good. Yeah. Getting excited for Halloween. Yay! I think we're all excited about this uh, this year's Halloween, right? Because yes. especially for me, it's um, I'm fourth year um, now, so yeah, it, it might be the last year I will spend in Japan. So I will make sure that I will celebrate this year's Halloween. So, but anyways, um, Rebecca, can you please introduce yourself a bit to our audience? Yeah, so I am a Jack second year student from the United States. Uh, I guess that's that's what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! So um, I guess it's I I'm, I personally found it um, very interesting why you decided to come to Japan. Like why Japan and why Nagoya University specifically. Uh, so why Japan? Uh, when I was a kid, I lived in Okinawa for about five years. So I really wanted to come back to Japan. I enjoy living here. And mm. Nagoya University, I just was very excited about the uh, JAX program in particular. I thought it was really cool. I liked the whole concept of it. So, yeah. Wait, then JAX program, you... Study about like Japanese culture and the language, right? Right. It's Japan and Asia cultural studies. So we kind of focus on like uh, history, film, and literature about uh, Japan and I guess Asia. Mm. Okay. I see. I see. That's interesting. But yeah, how how has COVID been affecting your life? And is it okay? Yeah. I mean, since I was able to come to Japan, it's been pretty good here. I mean, you still have to like wear your mask or you go places, which is fine with me. Um, but I think the biggest obstacle was getting to Japan. So now that I'm over that, it's uh, things are pretty smooth sailing. I hope things get better, but mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the situation we're in, so it's uh, might as well just take it in stride. Mm. I think uh, the first years of This year is also like they're also tr struggling because they can't come to Japan. And I think from hopefully from next semester or like New Year's, the things are going to change and they can come to Japan. Yeah. You, you, when did you come to Japan? Like um, at the beginning of the semester or uh, last December? So you were already like <laughs> two months to the university and yeah, I did like a like a midterm in the airport. It was not great, but <laughs> I really wanted to be here. Mm. It was difficult with the time zone difference. Mm. I think it tell was me. like kind of um, let's say kind of like a new like a trial for like us because we're kind of like a first to 
you know, experience with this kind of stuff because we've been like a, because I was back in Mongolia for almost two months. I came around Japan around like the end of November. Oh. So I almost spent like two months like online classes. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, I think it was pretty new and mm-hmm. stuff. I think the first years are almost hopefully coming around the same time or I think it now it's I feel like it seems like maybe a bit later or something mm. but yeah if there was definitely new kind of admission process and stuff like a set from our mm. like a, I see yeah. yeah like everything was online even the welcome party right yeah yeah we did it online this year as well and since you guys experienced the similar um, experience <laughs> I don't know, like um, not being able to come to Japan. Um, do you guys have any like advice for the first years who are, who are yet to come to Japan and kind of like struggling to come here? Mm-hmm. Like about like academics or whatever it can be, like traveling to Japan? Mm. Yeah, I feel like maybe, yeah, I think I'll just like base on my own fear that I had at the time because I felt like maybe I would be like left out, right? Because some of the like our like a batch people are like already there mm-hmm. and they have like access to university like they can able to like take in-person classes so i personally felt like i like left out because i don't have like full opportunity to like you know get to access i was thinking that at the time but it wasn't like that it was actually like those people who were like at the time they were also like taking like the same online classes and stuff. Mm. So I think first years are like maybe worried about that. So I can assure you, it's like nothing different and you don't mm. have anything to lose just because you're like in your country or something. Because it's something to do with like pandemic stuff mm. like with the national and stuff. And I think they're also like really eager to get their visa after they get their COE. <laughs> it's I the think, yellow card, right? Yeah. And I was, I remember, like, I was calling the, like, the embassy, mm-hmm. like, 24-7. Like, <laughs> where and when can I like, apply for a visa? And, like, and I was, like, checking, like, the airlines also. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, maybe not to be too excited to call it. So it depends <laughs> on the situation. So, uh, yeah, because I waited, like, too much after, like, the, I got the COE. Yeah, so we maybe just... Focus on your studies more than like uh, focusing. Yeah, yeah. you worry about worrying about not being able to come to Japan. Mm-hmm. It will happen eventually, right? Yeah. And then I think the G3 community and your batchmates will be happy to have you here in Japan. So don't worry about like being isolated or anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's all exciting. Yeah. So be excited. <laughs> I guess. What about Rebecca? Um, I guess for me, like, my biggest challenge was that I had, like, a really big time difference. So, Mm. like, in order to keep up with that, I had to, like, it was honestly beneficial to, like, make time to be, like, around real people. (laughs) Because I was up, like, really late at night. So, like, if you're in a similar situation or, like, you're feeling kind of, like, even if you're, if, like, you don't have that big of a time zone difference, but you're online so you're not getting to see people very often maybe just like take some time like every week to like go to a park or like talk to your family or just do some interaction outside of a class it's surprisingly helpful Mm, Mm. that's true yeah very good advice so here um rebecca has come here 
with um, today to discuss about like very interesting topic uh, besides um, her personal life. So maybe <laughs> <laughs> personal life. So maybe we should move on to that. And we're going to talk about um, something related to Halloween. Um, not so Halloween, but something related to like uh, Western animations, right? Yeah. So today we're going to talk exclusively about like mostly on the uh, Cartoon Network TV shows. And it's all from like America. Mm. And we're going to focus on the kind of like a horror side mm. of the story and how it was like influenced to our like childhood. Yeah. And also from the viewership mm. and also the symbolism and like the background stories. Mm. So yeah, we're going to talk about the Over the Garden Wall and the regular show and exclusively the mm. terror tales of the park episodes. Okay. And obviously, we're going to talk about the Courage to the Cowardly Dog show. Mm. Yeah. So, um, Rebecca was like exclusive, exclusively invited to talk about these shows with us today. So, um, how, like, why, uh, I mean, um, why were you <laughs> so uh, interested in those kind of animations in the first place? Um, so my family has been very enthusiastic about Halloween since I was a kid. Mm. And we've always like completely decorated our house. We always have a costume. And I've always watched Halloween themed TV shows with my movies with my mom since I was mm -hmm. really little. So I've just always loved them. And I recently was introduced to like Over the Garden Wall and stuff like that. And I just thought they were wonderful. And mm really yeah <laughs> got really into him yeah also same as rebecca our host um Talmud is also very himself he himself is also very interested in these kind of topics so yeah. maybe and you guys are friends right yeah yeah and yeah rebecca was actually the one who like first suggested me to watch the over the garden wall mm -hmm. and i was like actually surprised because i kind of like when he like when she said like the name title of the show I didn't know because, but when I saw the poster, like the two little kid, I like realized, yeah, there was something in this show, but I never got an incentive from like some person to watch it. Mm. And it was really amazing. And I regretted that I should have watched <laughs> it when I was like also watching Guard the Cowardly Dog and like Red Bush and stuff. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I see. So you guys are the experts here and I'm just going to be like your audience and yeah. So I guess Telmoon will start the talk for today. Yeah, so it's like a really actually great opportunity for me to like speak these kind of like topics. Mm -hmm. It's like especially with like, uh, you know, like people who are like actually have the same interest as me in such kind of those topics. So I'm like really excited to talk today about the, yeah, I mean, mostly about the American TV shows that I have been like watching like since childhood. I mean, I think we all have been watching. Like it's mm -hmm. mostly from like Cartoon Network. Then mm -hmm. it's like kind of like an old school like TV shows. Mm -hmm. So I have prepared some topics on the regular show and over the garden wall. And of course we can't forget about the Courage, the Cowardly Dog show, mm -hmm. which is the classic one. And yeah, that's the wrap up for the session. And First, I really want to like uh, ask Rebecca about like what was your like uh, like 
how did you first know about the show, The Over the Garden Wall? And like, you were the first person to like ever introduce me about this show. And I mean, like, I was like surprised for a while because I've been like really big fan of like a Cartoon Network. And I just saw the posters that for that show, but I never like got an incentive to watch along. So what was your like, you know, incentive to watch the show? Um, I've already I've always been like super into Halloween and one of my coworkers uh in high school knew about that and he told me like you have to watch over the garden wall. It's new this year, so it must have been when it came out. And he's like, You have to watch it. It's like the perfect Halloween energy. You're gonna love it. And so I watched it and I did love it. It's like my favorite show ever, I think. Yeah. So the you know, I well, sorry to yeah. interrupt. I guess I'm the only one who's lost in here. Mm. So what what is the show about? Uh it's these two brothers, Greg mm-hmm. and Wirt. They get lost in what's called the unknown, and they have to try and find their way back home. The unknown is kind of like a autumnal, like fall-esque place with like mm. kind of various towns, and they're just trying to find their way back home. Mm. So it's kind of like spooky and horror animation. Yeah, I mean, from the start, it wasn't like exclusively like explained as like you have to watch the show like on Halloween or stuff. But it's more like the atmosphere, mm-hmm. like the how the characters like uh, dealing with like stuff, what they have been through. It's like you can relate this to like very like horrific and like very like a somber like a temp. Oh, yeah. I see. A lot of, sorry. A yeah. lot of the art and backgrounds are also based off of like old like 1910s and 1920s Halloween cards. Oh, so that's vintage. Yeah. They go to like this town called Pottsville and there's these pumpkin people and a lot of 1910s and 1920s like Halloween cards for mm-hmm. party favors had like vegetable people on them. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really similar to that. You can definitely see the influence there. Wow. Yeah. Like, I see that now really like uh, weird for me to watch because like kind of like uh, the pumpkin mm-hmm. the vegetable itself it was like representing something that is shown to be like evil like but except like jack-o-lantern mm-hmm. like every in like shows it was like representing as kind of um tool for like uh, evil or something but this for this show like the uh, the residents as rebecca said they're kind of like a skeleton people and idea behind there is like really weird so like rebecca like what do you think of like those people like do you think they were like at once like people alive and like trying to figure out they're like if there is some something called like afterlife right so is it like something like that or like what do you think about those skeletons like hiding behind like pumpkins uh i do think they're probably dead people because mm-hmm. he does say like the the cat inside the pumpkin head mm-hmm. uh the big one he does say like you'll all join me eventually when they try to leave the mm-hmm. leave Pottsville so it's probably mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um maybe they gather around on like Halloween fall to celebrate mm-hmm. yeah. death so um, like they say like folks don't tend to pass through the Pottsville right yeah I felt like really spooky and like I was like having goosebumps all over my body. You mm. know that female um, lady 
who was once a lady. She was like, a, that was like a really creepy scene, right? What well, do you think of that scene? It was actually like very dark too. Right? I think they don't have living people come through often. They're mm -hmm. a bunch of skeletons. So uh, the whole unknown entirely is kind of like in between life and death. Mm -hmm. So it's weird to have Wirt and Greg there in the first place because they are still mm -hmm. alive. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of what they're commenting on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like from the viewership, right? So like, I, I feel like, like personally, I feel like it's really good show that like, um, you know, explains the, what's the concept of like dying, right? Like what is the concept <laughs> of like death? Yeah. Like, like what, like what people like do like after they die, right? Mm. So it's like a really kind of like a fantasy like depiction for like people. So I thought like maybe like most like children should watch this show. like. They're like interested about like when people die, right? Like where do they go? Mm. Kind of like I feel like it's kind of like a really good answer for those kind of people. What do you think about like about the like audiences? Should all the children like can watch that show or like in that? I mean, I definitely think it's aimed at children. It's very like upbeat and a little quirky uh, mm -hmm. for kids. Uh, I don't think there's anything too too like scary or intense. I do think it's like a light-hearted look at death as much as it can be. Mm. Yeah. So it's not so deep about death. It's like yeah, yeah, you don't really know that they're it's ambiguous that it's about yeah. death. Yeah. Yeah, I also think like it depends on like when you watch it. So for example, like imagine like a six or seven year old like, you know child watching and like me watching the show at the same time so i think like how people like receive you know like people have like different they have like different receptors right mm -hmm. think of. for me it was really dark and like actually heavy for me mm -hmm. because it's like a i mean they're just like saying but it's like a kind of like a dark and like fundamental like idea they're like implying to some of the characters voices especially the woodsman like, right. uh, yeah. yeah, I see what you mean, because <laughs> I grew up watching all the Disney movies, like, you know, princess movies, mm -hmm. Snow White or, like, Cinderella, and then at that time, like, I, I just thought it was a nice animation, some of the movies, but now I think about it, like, now I rewatch it, it's like, there are so many hidden, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> sarcastic meanings behind the, some of the scenes, so maybe it's similar to that right mm -hmm. i definitely agree and so like what do you think about the like characters like who do you like the most and like yeah um i think the characters are really good for a general audience too because younger characters are going to gravitate towards like greg and his frog and naming his frog and having a candy camouflage and burgling turtles and then maybe a slightly older age group will like identify with Wirt, who's a little more introspective and a little more, uh, there's more layers to him, I guess, kind of. And maybe as you like get older, you'll kind of notice the whole picture a little bit more. Personally, I love Greg. I love frogs so much. And that little guy loves frogs too. I got to respect it. Yeah, I actually just like a maybe kind of a personal question, like, but like, was like Greg and like the frog like inspired you to like, you know, like frog like more? I liked frogs before then, mm -hmm. um, but now I guess I do kind of associate them with Over the Garden Wall because of Mr. President. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I have like a realized something like um, I could say like a cross reference from like another film. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think of think about the Auntie Whispers and the Adelaide? Do you think like they're similar to like a different characters, maybe from a different world or something? I didn't catch if they were. I guess they're they're like sisters, and mm-hmm. like one of them is evil, and one of them's like kinder. But <laughs> I don't know what that would be. <laughs> mm. So th- this is like a very like a like weird thing. Mm-hmm. Like because when I first saw like Auntie Whispers, okay, and like her attitude like towards the girl, oh. right? Like he, like the like the lady reminded mm. me of you know spirited way. Yes, they like look the like that too. Zeniba, Yubaba. Yeah, like they're also sisters, and they're kind of like a have kind of like a witchy power, like a witchcraft or something. Yeah. So I just like well, they're like really similar. Like they're yeah. like how they look actually like a very big head <laughs> and like the nose. And I thought like for at first I just like saw like wait. Why is Yubaba here, like doing in the Cartoon Network or something? So I thought like it's like, like the resemblance was like pretty similar. Yeah, now that you bring that up, they definitely have like the same outfits too, kind mm-hmm. of. Definitely very similar. I'm sure they're probably inspired by mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like as I mentioned before, the uh, woodsman. Mm-hmm. Right. What. What's your opinion on like his role was like in the unknown? What what do you think? Because he was like a quite ambiguous, right? Especially from the beginning, mm. and there is like kind of like a conflict like going within himself. Mm. Right? Um, I think he's a source of information mainly. Like you learn a lot through him, but also at the end you get to see a little bit more into like. Why he's been doing what he's been doing, and you kind of see that he's been cheated. So you appreciate him a lot more as a character at the end than you do at the beginning when he's just kind of like a creepy old guy who's also in the unknown who kind of tries to help but is scary. Yeah, he was really like scary, and you know when they were like sleeping under the tree, they were like a gradually like. Turning into those like similar Adelwood? woods around there, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's it's like what they, if they like stayed longer enough, right, into the unknown, mm-hmm. they will may pass to like the next stage, which is like the death itself. So like the woodsman like tries to help to collect it. So like the death, like you know, the beast will like feed forever, mm. and it's like kind of like a. Religious term, you know, like a limbo, yeah, and also araf, which is called kind of like a transition period. Hmm. What do you think the you know the resemblance and the depiction of those like you know metaphor was that turned into woods and stuff? I mean, I definitely kind of associated the unknown with like limbo because they're not really dead or alive. Although I'm not really sure the logistics of limbo. Are you dead in limbo, or is that just between heaven and hell? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but. Um, it is kind of like an in-between place. It's not like good or bad, and they haven't. De- they're not dead or alive. It's the unknown. So there's a lot, a lot of ambiguity, if you will. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. And what do you think about you know the opening, like a music score? Did you like it? I, I really love like it. enjoy it because 
I, well, like when I first watched the episode, mm -hmm. the first one, I felt it was like too somber and like too sad to begin with because it's like, like more like a nostalgic of like everything like has gone through and like I was like sitting in the end of the world. But in the end, like after watching like the whole season mm -hmm. of the show, that like music score like transformed into something more like warm like because i felt like very like a distant and like deranged if i could say like in the <laughs> beginning because after like what the show has been like showing like music score like transforms like a whole new like level thing right. what do you think about the music score I absolutely adore the music score. It's actually on Spotify if anyone wants to listen to it. It's wonderful. Um, I think it really, it's based on kind of like the same, like kind of vintage concepts. Like the episode that they go to, um, they go on the boat, the ferry to, mm -hmm. is called The Lullaby of Frogland, which is actually kind of a play on The Lullaby of Birdland, which is like an older like jazz song. That is also very good. But um, so I just love the like kind of jazzy themes that go throughout mm. it, as well as like the more somber, like slower music as well. It's just very, very well done, I think. Yeah, I agree. So for the like last question for our like show, what would you like uh, recommend for like people who may like want to like start this show after like listening our like talk? Um, recommend. I mean, just <laughs> I recommend they watch the show and enjoy it. It's really fun. And it's um, a lighthearted show despite slightly having, well, having mainly dark themes. It's very light and fun and cute and uh, like a good autumn feeling. So basically it's perfect for Halloween. Yes. Yeah, it's perfect for Halloween. And just uh, like a final line for the like People who want to start, like, eat your dirt and find out what that means. Like, you will hopefully find out. And now we will turn into our, like, uh, next show, which is also called a regular show. Yes. And I think, like, uh, most people, especially, like, uh, uh, guys, like, same age around, I was, like, familiar with this show, mm -hmm. I think. And we exclusively chose the, uh, the infamous Terror Tales of the Park today to discuss about it. So, yeah, I think the most simple question would be like, so, like, which episode was your, like, most favorite so far? Out of all the Terror Tales in the Park, I really like, um, I like the first one because I really just like, um, Pops's stories. Mm -hmm. They're all just like a little bit too wholesome because Pops is like a, he's just a little lad. He's like very. Yeah. He's like so angelic, right? Yes. Like so like a pure soul. Like, how can you be in such world? <laughs> just a little old Victorian man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So for like, uh, for the first like a uh, series of episodes. So like in the first, there's like a creepy doll. Yes. And death metal crash pit and the in the house, right? Like yeah. every something like horror story, something to do with dolls. Right? Yeah. And like, what do you think about the uh, creepy doll like episode? 
pops. Uh, like the one that, like, I want to draw on your face. Yeah, doll. that was really creepy. I like, I got like feel like it was like references something you know like a serial killers and like a lot of those stuff, but like just adjusting into like they were show right like I want to draw on your face or something. <laughs> that was like a really ooh. I mean, I w- listened to a true crime podcast and I heard something like that, but in like in different manner. Right? Mm. Yeah. I think a lot of like their stories are kind of playing off of like more classic horror movies. I mm. don't, I've never seen Chucky, mm. but like maybe it's that. I don't know. Cause I know like the, the final season so far uh, is definitely like referencing Alien. Mm. And I think the one with uh, Jebediah Townhouse, uh, like where he's like coming through like TV and like, like uh they even like say outright that he's like a poltergeist in that one Mm -hmm. like so i think there are a lot of references i haven't seen maybe a lot of the horror movies that they are referencing so i may not catch them all but they're definitely there yeah i agree like so much like when the doll was you know like running through the hole especially Mm. in the like you know in the basement like uh, chasing like raising his arm yeah. And it was, yeah. I, I, so think of now, like, I think it's really similar to like Chucky. I mean, instead, he like grabs a knife in the movie. So, like, oh, have you seen Chucky? Yeah. I, oh, okay. not all of them. It's actually like the last, like, a few movies I felt like a bit too banal. So, I stopped okay. watching. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, like, every episode is like kind of their own story, right? They're like competing each other to like, Whose story would be the like the most horrifying and the most scary story? Yes. Yeah, and like the reverse question: Which episode like did you like hate it or like didn't like that very much? Um, I didn't really like the episode where Benson gets the fortune teller machine. Ah, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like everybody has their own greatest fear shown to them. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I, I actually, I forgot the name too, but it was pretty like, a, they were like, just like, you know, lining and like, what happens if I do something, right? Right. And they're just like seeing visions. I, yeah, I agree too, because like, they're not actually just like telling, because their vision is just like dependent on like, how that fortune teller like gives the story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like also like, after, especially after season six, the show become maybe less interesting compared to like until like season three to like six because it was maybe I was young to receive <laughs> the episodes but I I think so but like my I think my personally you know the episode the hole mm-hmm. the one like uh, you know pops like stuck into the hole like oh was, yeah like, absorbing I I didn't like that episode. What what do you think about that episode? I didn't get like what they was like trying to like you know like say. What was the essence of it? Um, I think they. I don't know what movie they were referencing, but in the episode they said like a fog came into town, so they mm. needed to like sacrifice someone to the hole in the ground every year yeah. to like keep them alive. So they sacrificed Pops, but his head was too big so he couldn't fit in the hole. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so then he just kind of lived in the hole so they could have like picnics and stuff with him. But I don't really, <laughs> I'm not sure what the point of it is either. Um, 
It was kind of cute, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like, I think this Terror Tales of the Park, like, also, like, referencing about, like, famous horror, like, uh, movies, right? Also, I think it's implying, like, lessons to learn from, right? Like, if we do something wrong or, like, like uh, avoiding something that she, that they should have done or something. Mm-hmm. They're like giving messages, especially for the audiences, right? Because I think at that time, most of the audiences is based on like uh, children, like teenagers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And idea, I think it's like really important in, like in some episode, especially like when I think of, you know, the wallpaper man, right? Do you yeah. You know, it's like Rigby and Mordecai. They were like felt like too lazy, so they decided to call the wallpaper man, right? So they ended up, you know, always going on and stuff. <laughs> what, what do you think about that episode? Um, well, I mean, when Benson introduces the story, he does say, like, maybe you guys will actually learn something from this. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess that one, like, especially Benson's story, because he's the manager of the park and he's Mordecai and Rinkby's boss, he's going to try and get them to be more motivated. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a big theme is he wants to teach them a lesson and make them good, upstanding citizens instead of what they are. And um, the the wallpaper one, like, yeah, they... It was kind of an obvious lesson not to relegate your work to somebody else just because you're lazy. Uh, the wallpaper man ended up being a spider that shot wallpaper instead yeah. of webs, so pretty spooky. It's really good to actually like while you're watching, like watching, like mm-hmm. you get to like so there's like a big house, right? Like family, like very big house. Mm-hmm. So the wallpaper guy is actually the spider, like what Rebecca said, and like. He's making the house like a maze, like into his like own, like a layer of kind of thing. So oh. like it's like really engaging to watch. I think it's also really scary. Like also implying those kind of like a claustrophobic feeling. Like you remember like Rigby screaming and stuff. I was like dying, like laughing there. Yeah, because he was claustrophobic, <laughs> and they wallpapered him into like a little box. Yeah. So like the uh, spider like manifests the wallpaper at his like her wheel or something. So it's like, ooh. (laughs) Actually, I've never seen that one, but that sounds wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there are like a lot of lessons to learn from it. Mm. Yeah. Especially I think like the party bus episode. Oh, yeah. I think uh, every like, I don't know, young people like the people who are like same age as now, mm-hmm. maybe like age like 20 to 29, I think they should watch that episode. What happens <laughs> if you party too much? Is that, <laughs> is that the lesson? <laughs> I, I mean, that I, I feel like that was some kind of like a lesson. Maybe. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? Um, so basically they get on the bus mm-hmm. and... As the bus goes forward, they get older and older and older, and then eventually the other people who are on the bus before them start to like disintegrate. So turn into dust. Yeah, because they party too much. Yeah. So <laughs> really, like literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess like so. <laughs> yeah. So they put the bus into reverse, and then they get way younger until they just disappear into a uh, bunch of atoms. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm not sure. <laughs> I know the yeah, driver yeah. kind of reminded me of, have you ever seen Halloween Town? Halloween Town? Yeah. It's uh, like a, they're like really 
famous like movies where like these kids, their aunt is a witch, so she takes them to this like alternate place, mm-hmm. Halloween Town. And in there, there's like this skeleton cab driver, and the bus driver oh. really reminded me of him. Let's mm. see, Halloween Town. Halloween Town. Yes. Mm, that's in my list. Okay. <laughs> Wait. So, in Japan, do they stream Cartoon Network on the television? Uh, I'm not really certain about like Cartoon Network Japan, but I know like the Asian countries have because I've been. I yeah. used to like. Play Cartoon Network like like video games online because Mongolia didn't have their own Cartoon Network site. So I was like sneaking to like uh, Malaysia and like Philippine <laughs> Cartoon Network website mm. to play the game. But, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure in Japan. Where can you watch the regular show then in Japan if you want to watch it? Um, I mean, I think because I used to like download the episode like the before, so like kind of like a on demand. Sure. Um, and I especially like um, watched all of them back in Mongolia when there was like streaming. But I'm not sure like here how they watch it. Hmm. But I think, if I remember correctly, I think the Hulu, like Hulu Japan, oh. I think they have some shows in there. Because I saw like a Ben 10 episodes from there. Yeah, maybe so then maybe Hulu. I watched it on Hulu. Um, I would never advocate for pirating, but you could maybe. I wouldn't. You sh- you would never pirate it. Mm-mm, yeah, it's not, okay. it's not safe. Yeah. No, yeah, it's not. It's not about being safe. It's just wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a crime. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. definitely crime. Like, you know, when we first like entered university, right? There's kind of like a the, whole like kind of like a least like yeah warning right? for like a copyright like everything and stuff. Yeah, yeah. if anybody like uses. Um, Proxy or VPN yeah. to download videos and or movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, yeah, you should not do that. Yeah. yeah. And like, especially like when it comes to talk about this like piracy and stuff, right? It's like impossible to like stop or something. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of like an addiction or something. Like mm-hmm. we can't stop like people like just like stop everything, right? Like mm-hmm. alcohol or something. So what we like trying to say is that like at least like avoid, right? Because like in this kind of like, especially from after like late, like 2010 and stuff, we've been like uh, streaming services like everywhere, mm. like yeah. Netflix and Hulu and like Amazon Prime and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah true. you should definitely watch <laughs> if you like possible to watch. We have to like respect them because it's like someone's like a property and their mm. effort to make this show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that in some countries, like the copyright law is not that um, you know well followed. So many people like download movies from the Pirate Bay, whatever the well, yeah. what's the what's it called? Uh, Pirates Bay. Yeah, Pirates Bay, and mm-hmm. yeah. I never heard of that. Yeah, but yeah, I think. But uh, mm-hmm. like definitely in Japan, you should not do that, and the law is very strict, and you can be deported out of Japan if you are caught. So yeah, yeah just reminding. Yeah, it's actually very like dangerous thing. Yeah. I think like especially in like developing countries such as like in Mongolia, like piracy is like out of hand. Like, yeah, say. true. Because everyone could like go to like some, you know, use VPN and like download and stuff. Yeah. So they will just distribute those like videos like everywhere. 
It's yeah. kind of like a virus, like you know, spreading yeah. across. So yeah. Anyways, we can watch regular show on Hulu, right? Yes. Yeah. So if you want to watch regular show, go check out Hulu and get the subscription. <laughs> yeah. Over the Garden Wall is there too. Nice. Yeah, and okay. One last question on the like regular show. Mm-hmm. I think like I mean, you said like your favorite character is like Pops, right? Yes. Like you know, like if it maybe it's like a stupid or like a weird question. Okay. But like when it comes to like life or like reality, mm-hmm. like what do you think? Like what kind of like a people they would have been? I mean, they're like all kind of like you know. Animals yeah. and like objects and like those kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think? I mean, we can't like exclusively, like explicitly, like tell from like our like Mordecai's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. The hour of the show, which also like voice acted for Mordecai, right? But what what do you think like inspired like you know him or like to have this kind of show? It's like really like a random kind of thing, right? Their resemblance and they're like living together, right? Yeah. I don't know what inspired it. I was kind of surprised. I never thought about like what age they were, but in I think like season seven's Halloween episode, the Terror Tales of the Park, like uh, Hand Ghost, High Five Ghost, yeah. was talking about how he had like student loans, and that was the scariest like thing he could think of. And I was like, man, it didn't occur to me that all of these characters are technically adults. Like that's kind of weird to have yeah. a kid show mm. about like young adults kind of working like a, a weird job. Yeah, I agree. Especially like, you know, Rigby, there's like a bunch of episodes like featuring like Rigby's high school life, right? Yeah. How he was kind of like that unfortunate guy and like what he was like a felt. A loser. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say the words. <laughs> I'll say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like a crazy journey for us, especially for me because Terror Tales of the Park and I used to wake up like every morning in the like 5 or like 6 a.m. in Mongolia because that is the time when they make a future regular show what? because we didn't have Univision in uh, back there and so, we couldn't yeah. like, like yeah you know, univision is a um streaming yeah like a broadcasting Korea, service yeah but we didn't have that back in like back back in years so we used to like get up really early just to watch the show imagine it was like a crazy joint wait regular shows that old yeah it's quite old actually i thought it was pretty recent no no, it's like uh, already like a finished like so. They're like a oh. um, the uh, I think it was overall the eight seasons. Yeah, mm. yeah. So it's like a pretty See. old, but I'm not sure when did they start. Though. Okay, yeah, I think the first episode aired in like 2009. Oh, okay. So like so, a, yeah. twelve years ago. Wow, it's it's been ten years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So now we will go our to our like a last show. And if I were to rank between the three shows, like which one would I like the most would be this one. Okay. So we're going to talk about 
Courage, the cowardly dog show. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think people should be familiar with this show because it's, how to say, this guy, John R. Dilworth, like, I wonder, like, how his brain, like, works. <laughs> like, how can he have this kind of, you know, ideas, like... Yeah. I could say Corley Dog Show is, I mean, except for one or two episodes, it's entirely like uh, horrifying and like gruesome in nature. Mm. Because, well, yeah, they show like every kind of like a problem, like in, in real life or like in fantasy world, in like very like, you know, gothic and mm. like dark manner. Yeah, if you can recall what the show is about, it's the it's about two old couples and a dog, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you will remember that. And I was like, I think I was five or six year old. It was like a horror film to me at that time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, the. I think the synopsis, I think we could provide something like in general, right? Mm. So as Inkjin said, they're like a two like a married couple who is the, uh, our grumpy old man is called Eustace mm -hmm. and he's bald. <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, that's important. Yeah, that's um, really important. <laughs> and our sweet Muriel and the, the is dog. Is she though? What? Mm. Is she sweet though? Um, I think she's sweet. Mm. But yeah, and our the main guy, the courage, mm -hmm. the dog. And we have like a bunch of I could say there's like a universe of the characters like they encounter with. Mm. So like it's yeah, basically it's that. So like what what do you guys think about the show? Like in general, before we go into details. Like, how can you, like, summarize the show if you were to, like, tell someone who never watched an episode? Um, my main thing about Courage the Cowardly Dog is that when I was very little, well, when I was little, it was one of two shows I was not allowed to watch. I was not allowed to watch Courage the Cowardly Dog or Ed, Ed, and Eddie because Courage the Cowardly Dog would probably be too scary. And Ed and Eddie was a bad influence, mm. I guess. But um, yeah. so I do remember it for being the show that's too spooky for, for little Rebecca, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I agree too. Because um, anyways, this is not like what you expect from a typical like children's animation. It's so interesting, but also very scary. I agree. So a little fact. So the first episode of The Courage the Cowardly Dog aired in 1996, and the last episode aired um, in 2002. Okay. So it covered like a roughly like a six years period. And did you guys know that The Courage the Cowardly Dog show came back after 19 years this year? Courage the Cowardly Dog officially made like reappearance. Really? Again. I had no clue. And I heard the news like in 2019, I guess, because it was first announced that Scooby-Doo mm -hmm. and Cars the Cowardly Dog Show are going to be like do some crossover like animation. Wow. So 
at that time I felt like ah, I feel like it's not gonna be that good I guess because it's like old now and like Scooby I personally don't really watch like Scooby-Doo oh, okay like um I, I mean some movies are great but in general so I was not like hoping too much so I just watched I think around one like a month and a half ago like I watched this like movie so the name was um, Straight Out of Nowhere, Scooby-Doo Meets Courage the Cowardly Duck. Mm-hmm. And so it, the, the interesting thing is like it's in like a modern approach, but in nowhere, like they uh, kind of like a place, like um, they live, right? Like the Courage the, the Town. It's like we can't like say like what was like how the time is like measured, right? Mm-hmm. Like a scope of time, like how it's like what is going on or something. So like what they like did in here is that I didn't like actually feel like felt old yet. I just feel like because I just watch like this like a quarterly quarterly like like again and again. Mm-hmm. So it was like when I watched it, it was just like the same period, but it was just happened to like Scooby like join the show. So was Scooby and Courage's animation style or was courage in scooby's animation style so in the first half of the show Mm -hmm. so scooby-doo and their gang like solving some mystery okay so first half of the episode was like clearly like a scooby-doo animation type Mm -hmm. so when they came into like nowhere it's like uh, more coming back into our like courage kind of like a base but i do say comparing like the uh animation Mm -hmm. style Really like this, like the kind of contemporary one. I think it's like a, it's a bit adjusted to Scooby Doo or something. But uh-huh. it's still, I think they have the original like um, criteria for the show. So it was like a bit mixed actually. Second half is like a more Courage the Cowardly Dog type. Yeah, because my yeah. favorite part about Courage the Cowardly Dog is that he kind of looks like a bean with little <laughs> legs. Oh uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like. This, like, what I was really glad about this crossover was that they get to explain the origin of this, like, a nowhere city, mm-hmm. like, kind uh, of like a, wait, what, like, what happens in here? And so that, you know, our, like, a famous, like, a reporter guy, right? Like, like we interrupt this show by Carly Talk Show or something, the, the, uh, okay. the, the guy in the intro. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. was, like, a, in, on the news, mm-hmm. and, like, he was, like, explaining, like, how did, like, nowhere, like came to be and like why is some kind of like a weird and like all kind of those kind of stuff is like happening right. exactly here or something mm. it's like the middle of nowhere too right yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just the house and the couple and the dog yeah yeah and yeah i think like my first question would be you know the courage like mm-hmm. i i just like read some like a random theory on courage mm-hmm. And I think it was been popular. So I mean, it's not really important. But what do you think about like his nature? So some people explained he's a shapeshifter oh. who came from like a lost civilization or like who came from space, and like he pretends to be a dog and like live with the couple. <laughs> <laughs> like, like why they could say like he's a shapeshifter is that you know courage when he is scared, mm-hmm. especially he. Um, I, should I say like his impression or something? Because he's like a, you know, expression kind of like showing. Like right. he turns into like a 
monstrous. Like he like bends his body like it is like wheel, right? Yeah. Like turn into mm-hmm. like a, he can turn into cannonball. Like he can turn into monster, and like he can he can even like turn into a fly, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. What do you guys think about like courage? I'd actually never heard that he was a shapeshifter. I've always heard that it's just like he's just a regular old house dog, like a little chihuahua. And <laughs> since they're always so scared of everything, you're just experiencing it through his like viewpoint. So everything mm. seems so big and scary because he's just a little doggy. And maybe because of that, he like if he's barking at something, he feels like he looks like a monster is what I've always heard. But that's really interesting. I never considered Mm-hmm. Or shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, we talked about like shapeshifting monsters, like yeah, in the, in last the, episode, the last right? episode. So, like, wh- what do you like think? Like, do you, have you ever like felt like, oh, maybe like, courage is one of those like monsters we just like talked like last episode. W- what do you think? Like, would you ever like feel him as kind of like a quarry, like a monster? Well, to be honest, I don't really think he was a he's a shape. Shifter, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, as Rebecca said, he's just a normal dog, and the fear he's experiencing is kind of making him imagine things, like mm-hmm. not like imagine, but like um, overreact to the situations, and mm-hmm. um, it's an animation, right? So like, it's not a, I think it's not really about like ship, shape shifting per mm-hmm. se, but just how like. Like his um, fear is ex- being expressed in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. So, uh, just out of curiosity, like, so I think even in the episodes, it was mentioned that nowhere is like somewhere in like Kansas. Mm-hmm. I think. So, like, I was just wondering, like, have you ever heard like this kind of like a strange like occurrence is happening in like Kansas or something? I mean, like, general <laughs> questions like. Do you know about like Kansas like state like like whatever the facts about it maybe like I have like no idea about like what happened in Kansas. I mean, I've been to Canvas, Canvas, Canvas. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Kansas a couple of times. I can't uh-huh. say I ever saw any monsters there. Uh, it yeah. is horrifically boring, if I can say that. Um, there's Kansas City. Mm. That's it. That's all I know. I don't know about any specific monsters too there, though. Mm, yeah. So I just like wondered why they like choose like a Kansas like fictional city like going there. Right? Maybe because it's too boring. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of. I, I like most of the time like maybe like they try to break that kind of thing right? because generally like where they live it's like they're like mm-hmm. stranded like right like mm-hmm. deserted and like they're like I think usually boring like like you know. Kind of like an old, like a boring music playing on the radios and like TVs, and the unexpected things happen. Yeah, it's kind of like Midwest. Mm-hmm. It's a very the Midwest is known for being having like large expanses of kind of just empty land, like farmland, mm-hmm. uh, not like huge population. Just you can drive for like maybe an hour and not see a building in a lot of places. So that's probably why they chose that area. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's, yeah. And then Kansas is particularly like central in the United States, kind of. So mm-hmm. maybe that's part of it. Just a state mm-hmm. to choose and mm-hmm. one that's got a lot of land. Yeah, yeah. I remember because like a lot of the, you know, burglars and like uh, beings, like, 
pass through the like the nowhere, right? Like especially on their way, the mm-hmm. road. Right. It's like, yeah, it I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So going into the shows, like, so I think okay. So related, if you feel like uh, being scared is like enjoying, like so, like which one would be the like the most like uh, you know horrifying, or like the episode which you like the most from the card? So there are like I mean there it's like there are like the four seasons right, mm-hmm. and there are like a lot of like episodes. Mm-hmm. But what do you like think of like immediately? I feel like the episode that stood out to me the most was the one with with like the alligator and the bathtub, just because I felt like that one was like particularly strange. Mm-hmm. I don't have a reason for for having that one always stick in my mind, but that's what I think of when I think of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Mm-hmm. For me, like I don't remember much about the show, like the episodes, just the image of like two old couple and the dog. It's just mm-hmm. scary to me by itself. <laughs> so, yeah. so like an uh, old couple living with the dog in the stranded land makes you like feel scared. Just like <laughs> recalling about the show, like it just gives oh. me this feeling like scary. I don't really rem- remember the details about the episodes because I watched it when I was like five or six. So, mm-hmm. yeah. The old man's character design is also just a little bit creepy. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah he is. I think I I feel like he's a typical man. I think there are like a lot of like people like him in real life. I feel like yeah, right. And also like Muriel's, you know, like a character itself. Like like tries so hard for a uh, husband like Eustace. Mm. Even his okay. Um, I mean, I can't say that. Like I feel like he's a trash. Are we slandering <laughs> Eustace here today? Um, maybe a bit. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like when we go into the, like the episodes, like the most kind of um, creepy, the one I actually like like the most was the one with like the lady with mm. like two heads. You know, you remember the quilt club episode? Yeah. Like the lady sues and like they like sue like Muriel in it in like kind of like a dimension mm. of like people who have been like lost and like trapped because they were so eager to join the club that they were like making they were sacrificing themselves mm. like, what what do you think about that episode i mean <laughs> i'm kind of in the same same boat that like i don't remember all of the episodes super like vividly mm-hmm. but i do have that like image in my head of them being like sewn together and mm-hmm. stuff like that I feel like that was particularly like, like creepy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, because why I remember is like, I think it was just a, like a. I feel like maybe like randomly, mm. like when I first watched, I think not the first, but maybe I think it was the one of the first episodes I ever watched from the course, the Carly talk. Oh, okay. Mm. So like. So the episode is that Muriel, like, uh, and I mean, they they went to Wizard's Slim's like antique shop kind mm-hmm. of thing, and they just like encountered a lady, uh, who like found to be had like two heads, kind of like a twin sisters, mm-hmm. but on a single body. Mm-hmm. They have like the two heads, and they have some, you know, a kind of a how to say it's kind of like an artifact, kind mm-hmm. of like a. We can say it might be the like the Bible or like Christianity or something. They kind of like, you know, holy thing. 
they really worship. So mm. there's kind of like a talking uh, carpet, a kind of like a deity for them. So it was like a, something we can't understand. So they're like the twins. Mm. And Muriel becomes like obsessed with it. And like she tries so hard to be accepted to like join the club. I mm. felt like also like it foreshadowed kind of like a cult, you know, thing. Right. How people, you know, like brainwashed and like sacrifice everything. They're like current life, kids, whatever, mm-hmm. to join like addictive kind of thing, like a cult, right? To be part of something, to feel like they belong in something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, I think the most Halloween like team episodes are like, I think you always remember the demon in the mattress, you know, like Muriel turns into a, like a green, like, like you know, the de- demon with like <laughs> red hair. Like he was like possessed or something. I think it maybe referenced the. Uh, oh my God, I forgot the movie name. What, the Exorcist. Oh okay. I think mm-hmm. you know the girl was like possessed. I think you know scary movie also also like a parody of that movie. <laughs> and the girl is like possessed and like a talking in like a very vulgar manner. Yes. And mm-hmm. like, I think that was the reference, but I really liked that episode because I think because if, if it was from the like neon, the green color, <laughs> and, like, and like, it was really like scary. And like, uh, the Eustace was like, bitten like, like so bad by like the demon, which I enjoyed very, very much. <laughs> at that time. And I think it was like a pretty good episode mm. on that. Yeah. What do you guys think about that episode? Uh, you brought up like the color scheme. Sorry, I'm going off off your question, mm-hmm. uh, but like I do think that's one thing that like really stands about out about the show is like just the colors that they use are so like vibrant, yeah, but agree. like muddy at the same uh, time. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives you like an uneasy feeling. Mm-hmm. I think it's really neat. The animators did a good job. Yeah. yeah. And like also like real life references, right? Like it's kind of weird. They like reanimated, kind of reshaped the reality into their kind of own image. Mm-hmm. Especially like when they went to like, was it like the museum? Like I think it was like Louvre, was it? Or was it like a different museum? I think it was the same museum. And there was a Dinker and like Mona Lisa. And they were like coming like coming like, you know, like alive mm-hmm. during the night. And they were like doing some really creepy things what if like mona lisa were like alive and the tinker was like live and what they would do if they know they were going to turn into like um, art again over the night so what would they would do i mean can you like imagine what would like a grown like a woman and like a you know thinker guy would do like to like spend like one last night if they become like live or something they were doing pretty awkward stuff, I guess, <laughs> especially Mona Lisa, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> what do you think? I think it was pretty weird. I think it should be like censored because there was some adult kind of like a scenes. <laughs> yeah, not like a reference. I think the word like imply, like imply, imply. Mm-hmm. They were like implying something. <laughs> yeah, weird. I don't know that Courage the Cowardly Dog was ever for children. I think it was like Nick at Night or Cartoon Network, like their night programming. I remember yeah, being yeah, on I at like 2 a.m. Yeah, because I used to also 
watch like wake up at like five or something mm-hmm. to watch the show because of the time difference in Mongolia. Right, oh. so they could yeah. get away with a lot more, I think. Yeah, because it's like off, like prime time viewing. I guess I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and like yeah, like <laughs> it, they really like oppresses some issues, like every kind of like a human trafficking and like a mm-hmm. lot of stuff stuff and like illegal like a filming and also like piracy or something mm-hmm. because i remember there was the director the skeleton guy who mm-hmm. tried to like uh, reanimate his dead brother and by like luring muriel like like filming into her like a uh, um unsponsored like a um, it's really like a suspicious movie i actually felt like uh, not like, like implicitly, but it, there was like a kind of like a luring Muriel to like a play in a, like a adult like a content or something oh. because like in a like very dark manner like unofficial or something really? because it was like a the, the way the director talks with her and like way she tried to lures it's like very like a dark kind of thing because I will give you like I'll give you money just like act in front of the camera or something. Mm-hmm. And Muriel was like so innocent, right? Like so innocent soul. And she was like, how am I doing? Am I like doing great? Like she was like posing mm-hmm. in front of him. Mm-hmm. He was like, a, what? And I was like, yeah. I don't particularly like remember that episode because I've mm-hmm. maybe I've never watched that one. Because, but yeah, how do you remember all of those episodes? Like yeah. the, the scenes <laughs> are so vivid in your head. Yeah, like, when like, did you watch it? <laughs> um, I I think I la- I think watched the Carly Carly Dog Show like last time was maybe four or five years ago. Wow. But I don't know why. But these kind of like some of the scenes, mm. I just couldn't forget. Mm. They kind of not hunting, but they just like whenever I like encounter with some of the topics, it just like vividly come back from like especially from like the movies. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say I have like kind of like eidetic memory or whatever, some kind of those stuff. But I feel like it's like comes like those kind of like scenes. And especially I think we should definitely mention this episode. The last okay, so the penultimate episode. Okay. The one about the I think the name was Remembrance of Courage Past. Do you guys remember that episode? Like it shows the like the past life of Courage, like really? how he was stranded, no, not like oh, stranded, yeah. stranded, and like you know how his like parents was um, sacrificed mm. because of this crazy scientist who wants to like you know conduct experiment on their parents. Oh, really? so how Muriel like first found him mm. on the street and. Oh my god, I can't like I'm I feel like, so sad because you know courage like become like a very like a numb and like his face was emotionless. His face was like dead. Mm. Like when he like accidentally like thought of the scene. He just like reminisced about the scene because he just like saw like a lost animal on like the milk package. So mm-hmm. like please call. I think there's like a common in like uh, America. They like put some lost animal poster on milk package. It must have been in the past, but like oh, they put yeah. like lot like I know it's like a a thing in like cartoons and stuff to have like lost children or like things on a milk carton. I don't think they do that yeah. ever now though. 
I I remember like I cried at that episode because he just saw it's like some other dog is missing, right? Mm-hmm. And he like accidentally like trauma, like childhood trauma, if you could say for a dog. Mm-hmm. He remembered like everything would happen. And I mean the good things like he like took revenge upon the like the scientist on that episode. Still, yeah, but still mm-hmm. it's quite dark. But I don't know how to like say it's like really heavy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, maybe I missed that episode as well, but I'm interested in to see that one now. Maybe it's on Hulu. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're not <laughs> sponsored by Hulu. Why? Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know yeah, why we're like, doing this. I, I just like I don't know. Maybe Japanese Hulu is like something a sponsorship, not like sponsorship, but like have having like some connections with like Cartoon Network, like uh, animations. I think mm-hmm. it was like when I search up, like mm-hmm. it definitely shows them like Hulu. Especially mm. good cartoons and stuff, mm, yeah. and I think who is like doing great because of the episodes. <laughs> you're you're just free advertising. <laughs> yeah, you're I mean, doing a free advertisement. Come yeah. on. I mean, I could say their like overall show is not that good, which I didn't subscribe for Hulu. That's the reason because it's really? one of the reasons is like too takai for a student to subscribe compared uh, to this unpleasant knowledge stuff. Now you're never going to get a real Hulu sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think we've come to the end of, we're coming to the end of our conversation. And it was really nice to talk to you guys about, well, about regular show and the other one, Garden of Over, over the, the garden, garden Wall. Yeah, Over the Garden Walls. I didn't really watch those, but... I was kind of audience in this episode and like um, it was interesting it was really intriguing and you guys definitely like inspired me to watch those animations so like are you feel encouraged to watch those like shows now yeah (laughs) i'm like more interested because i know the background story right and i want to know more and i hope that our listeners would feel the same way and yeah that was a really engaging and interesting discussion we have just had and <laughs> well and, yeah thank yeah. you so much Rebecca for having time with us and like accepted our invitation to talk about these amazing like tv shows to the audiences thank I think it was really informative yeah. yet encouraging for like yeah listeners to at least start the show and they can decide to continue or not but I think it was a big push yeah maybe like if you're interested in other types like other animations of this kind maybe you can (laughs) ask Rebecca for a recommendation and I think she'll be happy to share more with you so yeah yeah, of course thank you so much today thank you so much and this is our wrap-up for the Halloween holiday like special episodes Mm -hmm. and thank you so much our listeners to have been like engaging with our talk and to our having like giving us opportunity to have this episode today yeah that's true and i hope that we did not really scare you guys off with our talks especially with the um shape-shifting animals and um demonic creatures from the first episode But yeah, overall, I think, I hope you guys enjoyed it and we will see you guys on our next episode. But that time, it's going to be our regular show time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for listening, guys, and happy Halloween.